For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Good afternoon on a beautiful Wednesday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined as always by producers Jihei Wiley and Armani Buckets. How are we doing on this glorious Wednesday? You know what? I know that you guys aren't really watching a lot of uh, college basketball, but I'm loving it right now. And so that's my mood. Loving it. Loving, even though it's the middle of the week, closer to Friday, loving college basketball season right now. Might need to get involved in that. Cause yeah, I've been hearing great things, Jihei, but I'm, I've never been into it before March madness, but this season might be the season that we got to change that. Now, okay, so you, you you do have to explain it to me, G, because like I'm getting involved a little bit in the Pac-12. The Pac-12 has three teams in the top 16. Obviously, I'm more interested with USC, which is ranked 16th at the moment. You get UCLA, you get U of A. Why are you so excited about college basketball right now? I mean, first of all, I'm a huge Duke fan. Everybody knows this. I always try to get Duke in the conversation every time we bring up college basketball. But not only that, there's some great teams that – Nobody is probably watching right now. Texas Tech is killing the game right now. Um, UConn just beat Villanova last night, which was a phenomenal game, um, and they only won by two, and they're not even ranked. Um, and they had a lot of drama last night as well. Um, you, know, I, you know why I really, truly love college basketball, though, is because it's something that you can't buy. Like It's, it's very similar to college football in the fact that like you – it's just a pure emotion that like, that's why you root for the team during the season. Obviously during March madness, you know, there's a lot of betting going on. It's nothing like the super bowl, but there's a lot of betting going on. There's a lot of um, money at stake, you know, when you add parlays to the mix, but yeah, I mean, I think that it's just, it's one of the purest forms of uh, fanatical joy when you you have a team, your team specifically that wins. Um, by the way, I also want to say congratulations to, uh, Arash for beating UCLA because um, th- and th- this happened a few weeks ago, uh, but you guys beat UCLA um, probably to obtain that 19, 19th ranking, which I-, I was stunned. I was shocked that they even beat them. So congrats, Arash, on beating UCLA. Ah, oh, thanks. Listen, I, yeah. I, I played a large role in that. No, I, 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 I am really happy that USC basketball, thanks to Andy Anfield, has a good basketball team. I, I've always been a big college basketball fan. I was so lucky, uh, you know, when I first got to USC, they had Sam Clancy and Brian Scalabrini and Brandon Granville and Bluth, uh, David Bluthenthal, uh, you know, made a trip to the Elite Eight before losing to Duke. So, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's good when USC basketball is playing well. But, of course, you know, G.A. being a Duke fan, Duke is sort of the center of the basketball world, at least the college basketball world. But we do have to transition to another Duke on Duke story here because I think this is one of the more fascinating stories in G.A., one that you can kind of touch on uh, 
you know, just with, with you ha- having uh, watched these guys. Uh, J.J. Reddick recently came out. When I say recently, this was yesterday. Came out and he ripped his former New, New Orleans Pelicans teammate, Zion Williamson, um, essentially saying that he's not, not a good teammate, essentially saying that he's disconnected um, as a teammate. This came at, in light of C.J. McCollum, uh, essentially, not essentially, C.J. McCollum got traded to New Orleans. Um, he has not heard from Zion since that trade. You're talking about one of the, I don't know what you would rank him, maybe top uh, 50, top 35 players. I mean, he, he, he's a very good player. So, I mean, Generally speaking, no matter how good you are, if you're the star of the team, if you're a franchise player, a player gets traded to your team, you reach out to that player. At the very bare minimum, a text. C.J. McCollum has not received that text that that, that was talked about. Uh, this is kind of important because, okay, so both guys went to Duke. They obviously weren't teammates. But when you're a part of, as Jihei calls it, the brotherhood, not Jihei calls it, but a lot of people call it that, um, there's a connection there. So for J.J. to come out and, and – and rip a former teammate and a fellow uh, Dookie, I think that's important. I I think that really speaks to Zion maybe not being committed to the Pelicans. Obviously, it's clear from the reports out there, you know, he didn't want to go there. He was hoping that he would get selected by the Knicks or go to New York or go to a big-time market. Um, You know, Gia, you've been following the career of Zion since he was in high school. Um surprised by this again this is not a good look i mean regardless of if you want to be with a team or not uh when someone of cj mccollum's talent gets traded to your team you reach out to them um what what jj is essentially saying is that he's not a good teammate and just want to get your thoughts on so i don't think that yeah i i heard this when it came out and uh I don't think that he's necessarily a bad teammate. I think that he's, you have to know him, know him because here's the thing with, um, at least from what I've observed um, uh, on the other side about Zion, he's a recluse guys. He doesn't like getting interviewed. He always, he doesn't want the attention. He always during his college year at his one year at Duke, he threw back every single question to RJ or to, you know, uh, Joey Baker or anybody on his team, he threw um, all the attention back onto them. Yes, he's the he was the best player on the team at the time, um, and he yes he is the franchise player for the New Orleans Pelicans. But I'm not gonna lie to you, he's not a leader. He's he that's just not really who he is. He's not somebody that wants to lead. He's somebody that just he just wants to play. I think I don't think yeah. that he's that guy that like you want to put him in the leadership role, but you shouldn't because that's just not who he is. Um, should he have, you know, should he have reached out to CJ McCollum? Probably just as a teammate in general. Um, but he's not a leader. He's not somebody that's like, Hey, look at me. Like I want, he's not a Westbrook or a LeBron or like a, like he's not those, those people, that kind of person. Um, and yeah, as part of the brotherhood though, every generation is different. I'm not. I'm not sitting. I'm not trying to like blow smoke, and I'm not trying to be on the Zion train at at all. I know it probably seems like that, but he's just. Some people just are who they are, and they're just not going to be that kind of person where they're like, "I'm going to step up." He he's going to have to be told this stuff, and that that sucks. It's not you know ideal for somebody that's your star, but um, yeah, he's just he's a kid that just probably wants to play. It seems like it's not at least. You know- 
when he was a kid. You know, I, I guess the problem there is when whether he likes it or not, he is the franchise player. He will be paid like the franchise player. He is the most high-profile player on the team. And when you are that, you can't really be um, – when you when you talk about your role on the team, you can't be a role player. Again, if you're the star player, if you're the franchise player, if you're the most – if you're the um, highest-paid player, you cannot take the recluse role. Whether that's right or wrong, I mean, that's just the way it is. You know, LeBron James, of course, his personality is such where he wants to be the captain. He wants to be the guy, you know, calling his teammates, recruit, recruiting teammates. You cannot be – um, just in the background when you are the franchise player. So, so Armani Buckets, let me bring you in on this conversation. Can Zion be both? Can he be the franchise? I mean, like, we have not really seen him this year. So, yeah, we, I guess the other question is, you know, where is he now as a player? Again, when he came into the league, there was the, 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 the there was this feeling that he was going to be one of the next uh, big stars. And I still think he can be, obviously. But, um, you know, it's it's concerning when, again, people are talking about your commitment to a team. People are talking about your commitment to your um, your physique. Again, I, I know that's come up before. Uh, your thoughts on Zion? I think when you average 27 and 7 a night, you obviously are a star level player and as a star level player in the NBA you do have a certain level of responsibility when it comes to leadership now again I don't think that's fair and I like what Jihei said about him being I don't necessarily like it but I agree with it the fact that he is a recluse and that is definitely something that he will need to adapt to along with you know the weight problems and everything else he's gonna need to learn that if a guy especially at the level of cj mccollum gets traded to your team a simple text message is at least at the very least the least you can do just to make things not be so awkward in the locker room i mean this is a guy that they traded for to be a part of the future with you now the bigger problem that i see is the fact that Zion is in his rookie contract and a player of that magnitude should not be able to force his way out of a small market team. And this is a huge moment in the NBA and in its history, to be honest with you, because if Zion sets the precedent that you can basically just say, I don't want to be here, that means that all small markets are now susceptible to being basically taken advantage of by star players. Winning the number one pick in the lottery means very little if you're Sacramento and now in two years or maybe even in a year, your star player wants out of town. So with that being said, Zion needs to figure out a way, in my opinion, for the future of the NBA to at least stay happy for a little bit longer in New Orleans before he says, I need to get out of here because that's unfair to the Pelicans. One I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I agree. But I, at the same time, like he's not the one that's setting this precedent, right? Of like, you know what? I'm not happy here. I think like, yes, it's different because he's under a rookie contract. But I think that like, you know, you got to look to at, at this point, you got to look to your elders right now because all of them Harden, like Harden was happy, happy in um, New York for what? Two years, a year. Like the, all these guys are saying like, I'm not happy anymore with organ- the organization that I took so darn long to get traded to now I'm not happy. So forget you guys like get, get rid of me, trade me. Like it's that mentality that's trickled down, I think to everybody else, which that needs to change. Um, I mean, I, I love Giannis for staying. 
because he's staying in a small market and he won a championship. So like, I wish, and, but unfortunately he's not, he's the exception, not the rule. Um, but, but you're right. It's, it is sad that like we can now, now p- kids on the rookie contract or even just people in general can say, you know what? I'm good. I don't want to be here anymore. This is why you don't go to a small market and and you want to leave after this. And he sets that precedent. Yeah. I mean, you really have to find that kind of special uh, player who really embraces the market. If it's a small market that he goes to. And again, we've, we've seen that time and time again to Bucket's point of view. I think the issue is we've seen players after their rookie contract. Again, they, they will sign a big contract and during the course of time when they have signed that big contract. Uh, then at that point, maybe if, if, if they get knocked out of the first round time and time again, or if they don't even make it to the playoffs, they start getting a little concerned and they start to look towards, you know, maybe I got to go to New York or Los Angeles or Chicago or so, somewhere like that to be in the middle of your, or to be really at the beginning of your rookie deal. Uh, I, I see the concern there, but I do think it's important to find these players who will really embrace the city that they go to. I mean, new Orleans is such a special town. Um, you know, I, uh, you know, like after Katrina, Chris Paul totally embraced being a part of that team. You know, they they played half of their season in Oklahoma City. But when they went to New Orleans, it was really kind of this connection to the player and the team and the community. And you have to develop that. And I think it's someone within his camp who needs to talk to him about that because – you know, uh, th- there's nothing wrong with being reclusive, but I think there is a obligation that you have towards. Um, listen, if you're if you're going to get paid the money that a franchise player gets paid, there is an obligation to do things maybe you're not comfortable with. Quite frankly, that wh- whether that's talking to the community or to fans or standing in front of the team. Listen, at the bare minimum, this is such a bare minimum. You have to text. And I'm not just saying C.J. McCollum, who's one of the top 50 players in the league. If anyone gets traded to a a team that you are the captain of, that you are the face of, that you are the franchise player of, that you are the cornerstone of their rebuilding project, you have to just text someone. Not saying that you have to pick up the phone and call them. Not saying that you have to go to Cafe Dumont and grab some coffees and beignets. You do have to text the guy. I mean, it's such a bare minimum thing. Again, it's a bare minimum thing because you you don't even have to text them. You can have uh, you can hand your phone to someone else and text the guy. But you have to at least make that text and that reach out. And to JJ's point of view, I think what this says is he's so disconnected and so not really kind of interested in being a part of this team, he's not even going to do the bare minimum. Um, GA, I mean, I, I, I think if he was healthy, he, he, he would be playing, but I think there's also some concern or worry or there's at least rumors out there that, like, how much does he even want to play right now? I mean, how much does he even want to play with this team and for the city, and is he trying to maneuver a way out? Because at the at the end of the day, if you're not even if you can't even step onto the court, like what value do you have? And so, I, I think he is hurt. But your thoughts, GA? No, I mean he's definitely hurt. Um, I I think that um, I mean if he could play, he'd play, right? Because I mean we saw this in. 
we saw this in college and we saw it like when he's on the court, he makes a huge difference. What 27 points a game. And uh, he makes, he is the team. He's, he, he got chosen there for, to go there for a reason. And they're, they're trying, I, I'm assuming they're trying to build around him. Um, it would have been better, obviously, if AD stayed in New Orleans and they built around him like that. But I mean, obviously AD didn't want to be there. So, um, then we can have that conversation. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he, maybe he's feeling the effects that AD felt as well of like not wanting to be in uh, with that franchise. Um, I don't, maybe he's, maybe he's just feeling the pressure. Maybe he's, there's a plethora of things that we could talk about that he might be feeling. Right. Um, But the only person that can answer that question really is him. And I mean, I'd love to get him on this show and, and, and ask him that question of, you know, are you, you know, are you feeling the tightness? Like, do you really want to like, why do you not want to be there? And are you really, um, where would you want to go? But um, yeah, I think the only person that can answer that really is him. I, yeah. I, I wish I had a better answer, but yeah. <laughs> that's, no, that, that's yeah. It. And I, and I, and I agree with you there. I think if he was healthy, he would play. I just think that there's always, um, you know, there's no league like the NBA when it comes to soap opera and drama and, and, and stuff like that. Um, want to get into a little bit of Rams news. Uh, TMZ caught up with, Aaron Donald. I think it's interesting that he's tying his return of Vaughn Miller and to Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, these are two guys who were signed midseason. Um, if you were a teammate of Donald's and you've been with him uh, for years and you've been with him from training camp, uh, like I don't know why he's tying his return to two guys who were signed midseason. Now, I think Odell Beckham Jr. will be back because he. Um, you know, I, I think whether he ruptured his Achilles tendon or um, ACL, I mean, he, he suffered in, I mean, he's hurt to the point where he's not going to be playing until at the very minimum towards the end of next season. So I can't imagine a team signing him to a long-term guaranteed deal. So I, I do think it would be smart for, uh, for him to uh, come back at least on a one-year deal. So I'm not really concerned about him leaving. I think Von Miller will come back. I mean, if you look at what he said post game, if you look at what he said during the parade and the rally, I think Von Miller wants to come back. But it's like, if you're Donald, you're you're, you're your own man, and and you have teammates who have been with you from, uh, you know, your time in St. Louis and from training camps, and and, and so. This is a little like interesting that this is like a package deal. It says, you know, essentially Donald saying if they bring back Von Miller and they bring back Odell Beckham Jr., I will come back as well. To my view, I think this is just putting pressure on the team to sign these guys. My view, he's going to come back regardless. Uh, do you, I mean, th- th- that's just kind of crazy to tie your future to th- these two guys. Yeah, I think maybe he's just adding a little bit of pressure to the organization. Maybe, um, I don't know. I, I I get the Von Miller thing. You know, I get the re-signing of Von Miller. I mean, he was, you know, they're both technically quote unquote on the same team, right? They're both on, on uh, defense together. I don't know back junior though. I don't understand that because like, first of all, he's hurt. So he's not going to be a factor on the, on the squad, regardless of if you re-signed him or not for a very, for a while. Right. So, and, yeah. uh, and on top of it, you signed him late it, later on the season for a reason you signed him to win a super bowl for that year for exactly. that, that 
specific year. So it doesn't make it, you're right, Arash, it doesn't make any sense. And, and again, I personally wouldn't resign Odell Beckham Jr. I, I don't want to sound mean or anything like that. I just, this is my personal opinion. I wouldn't want to resign him because he, he's hurt too. Like, so even well, when he comes I think, back. Yeah. Well, I think you're going to get him on a minimum deal just to kind of bring him back. I mean, he had a renaissance. I mean, he really had a reclamation project to his career. I mean, he was on his way to being the most valuable player of the Super Bowl if he continued doing what he was doing. Um, he had more touchdowns in his short, uh, whatever, half season or whatever with the Rams that he did during his entire time in Cleveland. So I don't know if that's tied to him being hurt or how you felt about him before. I do think at the very least, like he's not going to, he's not going to command a ton of money. He's hurt. I think this is a one year deal for him to rehab and to come back. But the, but, but if he's healthy, the Rams certainly want him back. I mean, he had an amazing season, but isn't it concerning that he had, this is the same injury on the same knee. Isn't that a little concerning? Oh, no, yeah. I mean, so that's why you signed him to a one-year low minimum deal tied to, um, tied to like, incentives. I mean, again, you're not signing anyone who just had an – again, I forgot what exactly whether he tore his ACL, had an ACL um, injury or whatnot. You're not going to sign him to a long-term big money contract. You sign him to a one-year deal and um, – and again, tie that to it, it, tie that to incentives. Hopefully, he comes back and they can uh, he can meet those incentives. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Lakers, Clippers, or they're going to meet up. Lakers, Clippers are going to meet up when when uh, the season resumes Friday. When we come back, right here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and the Fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. And now a word from our newest sponsor, NordVPN. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe. That's B-L-E-A-V to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Do it now. And now... Let's go back to the show. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Uh, we are thrilled to really be doing this uh, segment again. You know, what, what What we try to do is if I'm at a game or if I'm at an event, you know, try to play some sound from that game. So when it's like a Lakers game, post game from LeBron, if it's a Clippers game, I mean, ideally when they're healthy, you know, post game from Kawhi or Paul George. Uh, now it's probably Ty Lue or someone else. But um, again, we are not getting the NBA back until Friday when the Lakers and Clippers will uh, hit the court at Crypto.com Arena. So we will be depending on your questions. You can either email them, and I'll tell you how to do that momentarily, or you can call our hotline, 310-400-0340. That number again, 310-400-0340. Or you can email GA. How can they do that? That's right, guys. You can email us at show at gmail.com. Uh, but please utilize that hotline because 
I mean, it's awesome, right? Um, so yeah, you can email us at show at gmail.com. That is all lowercase A-R-A-S-H. M-A-R-K-A-Z-I-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. It's going to lead us to our first question. Coming in from Jackson Turner from uh, Anaheim, who asks, if the Lakers could dump Westbrook, who do you think they would choose to replace him? I mean, there's a bevy of players that they would love to have. I mean, I would just take, I, I, I hate to say this, but like, it doesn't matter who. I just think that this experiment with Russell Westbrook is not working. So. Any player, whether it be John Wall or whoever, I'll be again. These, the, the, there have been a few names brought up, you know, and there's been a report out there that if the Lakers had put in their 2027 first round pick, that that, that maybe they could have had John Wall. I mean, I, I, at this point, this experiment has been such a disaster with Russell Westbrook that I think any player you can get who's not named Russell Westbrook would be a good addition. And you hate to say it like that, but we know that this is not working. And you, you talk to coaches out in the league, you talk to scouts. This is not a situation where there's going to be a light switch. There, there, there's not going to be some eureka moment where 60 games into the season, you know, 20 games left in the season, they're going to now figure out how to play together for a variety of reasons. That's not going to happen. And you look back, to the reports of when they first got together. One of the first things that was mentioned in every story, they've decided to put their egos aside. Well, at this point, they've all been playing in the league for long enough. They're all top 75 players. They're all, you know, three of the best players in the league's history. They got here by doing exactly what they know how to do. So whether it's LeBron, whether it's whether it's uh, Anthony Davis or whether it's Russell Westbrook, they're not going to change how they play. And so I think thinking that this experiment's going to work out one day or trying to run it back next year, which would be a total disaster, is not going to work. So it's a it's a cop out answer. I just don't know who's going to be available this summer. But I, 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 you know, when you read reports about John Wall. I think any player you can get for Russell Westbrook at this point in time, and again, obviously it's going to be a name player because of the of the uh, value of his contract. Again, $47 million next year. I think you have to do that deal. I'm, I'm totally with you. I think that you hit the nail on the head with that whole uh, Westbrook argument, Arash. I think the thing with Westbrook is that when we look at that contract, it really, really limits the number of players that you can expect to get back because not many players, if any, have a number that, that's, that is that high. And to top that off, you're not going to package three or four players to get Russell Westbrook. It's got to be a one-for-one one or maybe a two-for-one deal, and you're probably going to take back a bad contract. The only one that makes sense right now is John Wall. And, I mean, is that going to move the needle so much in a different direction if you're the Lakers? I guess it's addition by subtraction by getting rid of Westbrook. It just seems like... I don't know what the right answer is. And I wonder in, th in this upcoming offseason, would it be possible to negotiate a buyout with Westbrook? I don't know what that would look like. What a massive buyout. That would be a $47 million. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it, with one year remaining on his deal, maybe it's something that they can look at, but it would be a ton of money to give him to basically just go away. And this is why I think he's more tradable next year because two things. And again, you have to realize how much you want to move on from him. They can, beginning 
this summer, they can give multiple first round picks. So I mean, I, I really think that you can get a deal done for two reasons. Now, you're 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 giving up multiple first round picks, and obviously, this team may become a dumpster fire if they're not already a dumpster fire. So you're talking about multiple first round picks for a team that may not make the playoffs. That is very valuable, and then. Russell Westbrook's contract will be an expiring contract. So for those two reasons, I think he, depending on how much you want to mortgage the future to move him, I think you can. What you can get in return, who knows? Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the uh, huge asterisk, right? Like, what can you get in return? I think that's what this question is about, basically. Like, who can you get for him, yeah. right? I mean, uh, like... And I agree with you both. You have you're gonna have to wait till next year if you're gonna even attempt to do this. Um, in a perfect world, um, he would be gone already. <laughs> you would have never picked him up in the first place. <laughs> like I already saw this coming that it was not gonna be a good idea. Uh, maybe also because I've seen like in other in the past how he hasn't really been very truly effective. Um, at least for this roster, at least for this Lakers roster, he just didn't seem like he would be very effective. Um, Thank you so much, Victor, for that question. Uh, we're going to move forward to uh, Jansen Martinez from Pasadena. Uh, Jansen asks, the East is loaded this season. Which team are you expecting to win as of now? You know what? Right now, I'm going to side with the defending uh, champions, the Milwaukee Bucks, only because they are the defending champions. They got Giannis Antetokounmpo. I, I I just like that team. Again, you know, they're they're not the sexiest pick, but I am surprised that you know when people have been talking about the East even before the season, you know, uh, you know there were so many people on Brooklyn. Obviously, they're they're not high on Brooklyn now, but there's talk about. Um, you know, Chicago and Cleveland and Philadelphia and Miami and give me Mil- give me Milwaukee again. The, the defending champions, Giannis is still Giannis. So there's a lot of good teams in the East. It's more wide open. Um, although I do think Chris Paul being out for a while does kind of make the West a little bit more wide open as well. But uh, yeah, listen, I'm going with Milwaukee. I'm picking Milwaukee to beat the Sixers in the uh, conference finals. I'm I'm with you, and I think the thing with the Bucks right now is that Brooke Lopez has been out for so long, and he was really valuable to their defense last yeah. year. But they still, I mean, when you look at Giannis and. Guys like Middleton and Holiday, I feel like, especially with those last two guys, I don't feel like they have really flipped that switch totally on yet this season. With a guy like Giannis, it looks like he's gotten even better than last than he was last season. And obviously, he was the finals MVP yeah. and was incredible last season. The East, though, is so close. I don't think that it's going to be easy for them. I think every round will be a steel cage match. And I think that they're <laughs> going to really have to dig down deep to get through the East. With that being said, you know, Brooklyn, we don't know what to expect from them. Philly, we don't know what to expect from them yet. So it's going to be very exciting to watch the Eastern conference. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I definitely think that it's going to be, it's going to be neck and neck. It's going to, right. It's going to be one of those things where like, this is going to be the equivalent of, I guess, of seeing like championship, like a championship. It should be like East versus East as opposed to the East and the West. Um, but yeah, I, I guess to answer this question, you know, I, I still say look out for the 76ers because the way that Joel Embiid is, is working and he finally has that monkey off of his back, i.e. Ben Simmons. Um, so I think that maybe 
Uh, look out for the 76ers. Look out for, and also Milwaukee. I mean, if, if I could choose two teams, those are the two that I would probably pick uh, to go head to head against one another uh, to battle for the East, in my personal opinion. But um, GA, especially considering how they're real, doing. Real yep. quick, I mean, this is so interesting because, you know, we, I think we, we're kind of all on the same page of we really like Milwaukee. As we sit here, they're in fifth place right now. Again, it, it, it's yeah. very tight, but you got the Miami Heat. Th- 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 at 38 and 21, Chicago at 38 and 21, Philadelphia at th- 35 and 23, Cleveland at 35 and 23, Milwaukee at 36 and 24. So, I mean, it's so tight in the top five, unlike the West, where it's kind of like you got the top two. And even then, with the Suns, with Chris Paul being out for perhaps two months, um, so wide open, so wide open. No, definitely. I mean, the whole entire, I guess the whole entire East, because, and kind of what I said before, they're all going to be neck and neck. We're going to be seeing some great basketball, right? Some championship caliber basketball come uh, playoff time because they're so close. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think it might just be that whoever gets on a, whoever gets hot, whoever yeah. gets on a run, whoever me- meshes together right, right then and there, that's who's going to win this. Um, I think, uh, thank you Jensen for that question. We're going to move forward to Mason Cole from long beach who asks, do you think we might see Rob Polinka lose his job this off season with all of the rumors swirling about LeBron being unhappy? And before we a- answer this question, actually, I want to know who do you guys think? I know that like, you know, the West right now is a dumpster fire, but like, who do you think would win the West? Well, so uh, I'll start there. You know, I, I had forgotten that the Suns had, had leapt to such a lead. I mean, they, they are six and a half games atop the West right now. So, I mean, if Chris Paul was healthy, I mean, this would be a slam dunk pick for the West. Uh, I mean, sorry, for the um, for the Suns. But I still like the Warriors come playoff time, and I'm not just saying that because Chris Paul's hurt, although he is expected to be back by the postseason. Um, just like a healthy Warriors team, and we'll see how healthy they, they, they are come playoff time but um you know for example i'll just read this out to you i mean the uh, suns are 48 and 10 the golden state warriors are six and a half back at the number two seed at 42 and 17 memphis making a play for the number two seed they're 41 and 19 um the utah jazz 36 and 22 so um i i like the warriors i think the warriors with chris paul being out could even get that number one seed so i like I like the Warriors. Um, to your uh, question about Rob Palinka, I don't think he loses his job. Now, I don't know how much this this goes to LeBron effectively saying, choose me or him. Listen, he's upset with Rob Palinka. He's upset that A, Palinka did not make any moves at the trade deadline, and that B, Rob Palinka said he and LeBron, so Rob Palinka said he and LeBron are aligned in not making those moves. Obviously, that is not the case. LeBron definitely wanted to make some moves at the trade deadline. He's averaging 29.1 points per game. His most points uh, that he's, uh, you know, I mean, that this is one of his best scoring seasons since his first run with Cleveland. So, I mean, uh, for LeBron not to get some help when the Lakers are sitting there as the number nine seed, he was not happy with that. I don't think this is getting to the point of, of if, if, if Rob Palenka is the GM of the team, that I'm not going to come back. Um, that being said, I think Rob Palinka does have to kind of wield whatever power that he has and saying, okay, this is my team, because there is some feeling out there that LeBron is the de facto GM. That's why 
I'm not upset with Rob about what's happened to this team. I think we've all read the reports that LeBron essentially set up a war room at his Brentwood home in the offseason, had different guys come through, DeMar DeRozan, Russell Westbrook, you go down the list. I mean, he put this team together. He he pinpointed Russell Westbrook as the guy, as that third star he wanted to create that next big three with. So this is nothing new. The, he, this has been happening since he went to the Heat. This has been happening since he was in Cleveland. He is the de facto GM. So if if you're upset that the Lakers totally tore up a championship squad and put together this mismatched unit, that's because that's what LeBron wanted. This is the team like LeBron wanted. Now, he's in the middle of a mess right now, and there's no simple way to clean it up because of Russell Westbrook's contract. Um. I think Jeannie knows that, and I, I don't think Rob loses his job because of that. Um, and I and I don't think LeBron's future to the Lakers is tied to Rob Palinka keeping or losing his job because I think Rob does what LeBron wants him to do. And at the end of the day, maybe LeBron's looking for a scapegoat. Maybe LeBron just wants to leave. Maybe regardless of how the Lakers were doing this year, this was always going to be his last go-around. I do think he comes back for one more year, but... Um, the team that the Lakers have right now, it is because this is the team that LeBron wanted. I mean, you look at this team from top to bottom. This is LeBron's team. You know, he wanted Carmelo there. He wanted Russell Westbrook there. He wanted uh, all the guys that you see on the team. This was handpicked. Now, maybe the you know 12th guy on the team, he's like, you do what you want to do with that spot, Rob. But I, I really think this is his team. And... Um, He's looking for a scapegoat. Rob Palinka, maybe that scapegoat to him and to Clutch, but at the end of the day, I think I think Genie is very loyal to Rob, and he will not lose his job. I mean, I would hope not, because like you said, Arash, this is LeBron's team. So whether he's looking for a scapegoat or not, it is kind of his fault that you know you have the players that you have because they're they're sitting there going like, we want to help out our star, we want our star to be happy, right? And we, but at the same time, we want to win championships. And you automatically think on paper, this is great, right? On paper, this would be awesome. You know, if Westbrook has the numbers that he has, AD is healthy, LeBron is playing out of his mind. Um, you know, this is a good team on paper, but in actuality, on the actual court, this is not a good team. So, I mean, if they got rid of Rob Polinka, it wouldn't really make sense because, right? Because it's really LeBron James's team. It's Mr. GM LeBron James's team, so it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know, Armand. Does it make any sense to you if to let him go? I think the interesting thing is we use the phrase "This is what LeBron wanted." This is what LeBron wanted, and I completely agree. And you know what else LeBron could want is Rob Polinka to be gone. Whether that's <laughs> fair or not is not really the the world that LeBron lives in. I think that there will be a conversation with Jeannie with uh the topic of the conversation being Rob Palenka. And I think that right now, as it stands, LeBron is very pissed about that trade deadline from all yeah. reports that we've read. He is not happy at all with how things transpired. And I think that that leaves the opportunity open for that GM spot to become open this off season. Do I think it's fair to Rob Palenka? Absolutely not. Because 
as you guys mentioned, this is LeBron's creation just as much as it was Palinka's. The Westbrook thing was a catastrophe. And, you know, you can point the finger at Palinka for pulling the trigger, but this is a LeBron problem just as much as it is a Palinka thing. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. But with LeBron, typically he gets his way. So whatever that way is, he'll probably end up getting it. Here's the thing that we also have to keep in mind with Palinka that uh, his rela- his relationship, Rob Palinka's relationship with Jeannie and Linda and Kurt goes back, you know, over 20 years. And we also do have to keep in mind his relationship with the Kobe and his family. You know, Rob is the godfather of Natalia, and I believe he was also the godfather of Gianna, and he was not only represented Kobe, he was one of Kobe's best friends. Uh, That relationship, that connection, she's not going to fire Rob Palinka because they had a bad year. She's not going to fire Rob Palinka because LeBron's not happy with the moves. LeBron wanted to make that didn't pan out that way that Rob didn't find a way to clean up that mess. That relationship that Jeannie and Linda and Kurt have with Rob uh, really is extremely deep, and the Kobe connection makes it even more deep. I mean, again, uh, Rob would have to essentially uh, just screw up every draft pick and every trade and every move for a few years before he's shown the door. And even then, I think it would be in the most polite, discreet way where they would suggest, hey, Rob, you were one of the most influential uh uh, you know, like representatives in the league, and um, you know, again, they're 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 not gonna fire him. Rob will resign on his own, and they will find a nice way to do it. Again, that's not gonna be tied to to this year because again, LeBron's fingerprints are all over this team. This is LeBron's creation, that, which is. You know, you you could say, why didn't Rob Palenka push back? I think Rob will push back to a certain extent. At the end of the day, when you get into business with LeBron James and the Lakers knew that and they decided to do this because they had six consecutive seasons without making the playoffs. That is unfathomable. When you're the Lakers, when you're the Lakers and half the league gets into the playoffs and you have six consecutive years where not only do you not make the playoffs, you're one of the worst teams in the league. They gladly handed the keys to this franchise to LeBron and Rich Paul and Maverick Carter, and they said, hey, listen, this is in your hands. And at the end of the day, they got LeBron, they got Anthony Davis, and they won a championship. Why Why they felt the need to take a sledgehammer to that roster and trade away Kyle Kuzma and KCP and let Caruso just walk for nothing? Why they just killed that team for no reason? I'll never understand that. But Rob Palink is not going to lose his job because that's what LeBron wanted. And it's really important to note that the connection with the, with Jeannie and Rob goes far deeper than just this team and what happens this particular season. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that he just wants his, he just wants his team and this is his team. So now you gotta, you gotta deal with the consequences, buddy. And yeah, I, I no. really hope Palinka just stays because of it. Exactly. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times. Worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend? 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.